You're now at 64 Dean Street, where the Marx family lived in a two-room apartment from May until December 1850. A deprived neighborhood, Soho in the 1850s was extremely crowded, with an average of 14 inhabitants per house. It was also notoriously disease-ridden, and there was an outbreak of cholera in the neighborhood in 1854. The Marx household, which by now contained Carl, Jenny, four children, and Lynchon, was as afflicted by these problems as any other, as Gareth Stedman Jones explains. Marx himself comments it's an area which is liable to infection with cholera. Between the two well-known episodes of cholera, the 1832 and then again 1867, or 1866-67, there is one small outbreak of cholera which just hit Soho in 1854. And he's very well aware that this is a danger. When you consider what an awful diet they all had, and smoking like chimneys, and drinking quite a lot, it must have been a profoundly unhealthy situation. But we must also remember that however dire their situation might have been, Soho was quite a lively area. When eventually, due to an inheritance, they managed to move out to Kentish Town, then you get Jenny actually talking with some uh, regret about missing the sort of liveliness of the scene in Soho as she had in Paris and Brussels before then. So what they did, obviously, they visited pubs, perhaps the odd restaurant, and that was part of their life, however poorly off they apparently were. Adding to these problems was the family's chronic poverty, exacerbated by Carl's difficulties in finding steady work and Carl's and Jenny's poor money management. Here's David McClellan. These were the most difficult years, I think, for the Marx family, partly because their income was very chancy. They got uh, some uh, support from friends, some support from Engels, but it has to be said that Marx himself, and to a lesser extent, I think, his wife, were very bad at managing money. It has been calculated that the income they actually had was quite sufficient to support a lower middle class family, but they weren't very good at managing it. And so you've got a perpetual crisis of one sort or another. Marx wrote about one such crisis in 1852. Marx writes in a letter to a friend of his the following. This is 1852 in Dean Street. My wife is ill. Little Jenny is ill. That's his eldest daughter. Lenshin, that's the maid, has a sort of nervous fever. I cannot and could not call the doctor because I have no money for medicine. For eight to ten days I fed the family on bread and potatoes, uh, which it is still questionable whether I can rustle up any today. Naturally, this diet was not recommended in the present climatic conditions. I didn't write any articles for Dana, that's for the American newspaper, because I did not have the penny to go and read newspapers. I had to put off until the beginning of September all the creditors, who, as you know, are only paid off in small sums. Now there is a general storm. 
The best and most desirable thing that could happen would be that the landlady threw me out of the house. At least I would then be quit of the sum of £22, which is the yearly rent. But I can scarcely trust her to be so obliging. Also, bakeman, milkman, the man with the tea, greengrocer, old butcher's bills, how can I get clear of all this hellish muck? Finally, in the last eight to ten days, I have borrowed some shillings and pence. This is the most fatal thing, but it was necessary to avoid perishing from a layabouts. Now, I mean, that gives some indication, I think, of the, of the penury in which Marx lived. Partly, as I say, uh, due to his lack of attention to finances. The family tried a number of different strategies to stave off disaster. Funnily enough, not funny for Marx, I suppose, he actually spent a night in the police station, in the police cells, having pawned his wife's silver, his wife being aristocratic and inherited some family silver from the Dukes of Argyle. The pawnbroker thought that this must be contraband of some sort, and Marx was hauled in for questioning, had to spend a whole night in the police station before he could provide his bona fides for this. He did try and find a job. He applied to be a railway clerk in Paddington Station. However, they refused his application on the quite justified view that his handwriting was so awful that nobody would be able to make sense of anything that he wrote. (laughs) Even Prussian spies commented on the desperateness and disorder of the Marxist situation. In 1853, one reported... In the whole apartment, there is not one clean and solid piece of furniture. Everything is broken down, tattered and torn, with a half inch of dust over everything and the greatest disorder everywhere. In the middle of the living room, there is a large, old-fashioned table, covered with an oilcloth, and on it there lie his manuscripts, books and newspapers, as well as the children's toys and rags and tatters of his wife's sewing basket, Several cups with broken rims, knives, forks, lamps, an ink pot, tumblers, Dutch clay pipes, tobacco ash, in a word, everything topsy-turvy, and all on the same table. Ultimately, it was through the charity of Marx's friends that the family kept afloat. Gareth Stepman Jones. Carl earns a little money from journalism, but actually a large part of the family income really comes from gifts of other activists in the Communist League. Engels' financial assistant the family is well known, but it wasn't just Engels. LaSalle and all sorts of people gave them money because he was like the leader of the group, and he had a very strong sense of being the leader of the group. Being at the centre of such a network made life in Dean Street much more bearable than it would have been otherwise. David McClellan. In Dean Street, a lot of people came to visit. It was a great hub of the German refugee emigre community there. All sorts of friends, I mean, Willich and Wehr and people like that would come and visit. And their account of Marx's household then is that it was extremely chaotic, but very, very welcoming. So everybody was welcome there. People would flood in and out, you know, try and find a place to sit and try and peer through the through the smoke and the tobacco fumes to see what was going on. But in the end, have a very nice time, you know. Still, poverty and disease took their toll. Marx had six children. Three of them died while they were in Dean Street. 
and three survived that, but three of them died during those times when they were in Dean Street. The death of their one-year-old son, Guido, named after Guy Fawkes, prompted the Marxes to move to 28 Dean Street in December 1850. Yet tragedy continued to follow the family. Their daughter Francisca, who was born in early 1851, passed away in April 1852. Although another daughter, Eleanor, was born in 1855, a few months after her birth, Edgar, the last remaining son in the family, died of an abdominal disease at age 8. Meanwhile, Carl and Jenny themselves were constantly ill, suffering from exhaustion, boils, carbuncles, liver pains, headaches, colds, coughs, hemorrhoids, rheumatism, and eye inflammation, just to name a few. Adding to this domestic strife, Lenchen gave birth to a son in 1851. Although Engels claimed paternity, it's now widely agreed that Marx was the father, and it's quite possible that Jenny knew or suspected that this was the case. The boy, Frederick, nicknamed Freddy, was fostered to working-class parents in the East End, where he had little or no contact with his father, though his half-sisters maintained relationships with him in the following decades. Somehow, through all of this chaos, Marx actually produced some steady and important work in the 1850s. We'll hear more about that at 28 Dean Street. Keep heading up Dean Street in the direction that you were walking. 28 is on the other side of the street. The addresses 26 to 29 are now occupied by Quo Vadis Restaurant, and you can see a blue plaque on the second floor put up by the Greater London Council that reads, Karl Marx, 1818 to 1883, lived here, 1851 to 1856. This is actually slightly inaccurate, since the Marxes moved at the end of 1850, but the address is correct. <laughs> 